Uno, dos, and that is all. Es todo. Season two. Season two. Season two. Welcome to You Made It. I'm Emily. I'm Lady. And I'm Natalie. And this is You Made It. A Goggles Podcast. You Made It is a podcast exploring the living histories of creative communities, makers, and the things that they make. In partnership with Pagoda City Records, we come to you from Goggles, one of the largest art centers in the country located in a former goggle factory in Reading, Pennsylvania. Hey. Hey, y'all. Oh my gosh, we're back. We're, we're back. back. Pew, pew. Pew, pew. Episode three. We've got some exciting stuff happening this weekend at Goggleworks. It is our Iron Pour on April 29th. Yeah. This will go to air. Go to air. Who am I? Who um, is she? April 28th. <laughs> um, and so hopefully you'll have seen some, you know, promotion for this event by now. But I'm very excited. It's going to be a great day. Full of metal. Hot metal. Hot metal. Like burning hot. Burning hot metal. Forges. Forges. Community. Making. Food. Well, food. For for people who've never been, what are what are we making? What's so, happening? What we'll do at our Iron Pour and Forge Fest, 12 to 9 p.m., Dog Work Center for the Arts. Um, we are gonna have a bunch of different molds and you know things that people have made and are prepared to pour this molten hot iron into. And we just get this cool team of people to lift up a heavy thing with a bunch of hot metal in it. <laughs> you can tell I'm not a metal artist. And they pour it in a little mold and they say, stop. And then they turn the back, and then they go, next one. And they pull it, and they say, stop. And they just keep doing that until so, 9 o'clock at night, until we're done. Literally pouring iron. Yeah, literal iron pour. Incredible. It's a lot of fun. It's, it's, something, it's something really unique, I think. Because how many unique. times do you get to go see iron be poured in Reading, Pennsylvania, or anywhere? It's true. Yeah. And I'm going to do a little bit of like a piggybacking on the promoting of that day specifically. Listener tomorrow from the past. Mm-hmm. Um, April 29th. <laughs> In the theater, mm. same day, at noon, we have a very, very special screening of a documentary film called A Long Way From Nowhere. This film is about the desert rats race, which is from somewhere in Utah to somewhere in Colorado, because it's 150 miles. These people run 150 miles. Wow. That's a lot of miles. In the dead of summer, in the desert. And this documentary that was made features as one of the runners slash storytellers no joke, my brother, oh. Phil Pinty, who will be here and will watch the screening with us and then we'll talk about the film. And he's also bringing a mental health professional named Connor Moriarty, who's going to be a part of a panel following the film. And we're going to talk about Phil's story, running, the health benefits of spending time outside. And it's going to be a really special event. So you can see the film. You can participate in the discussion. Walk outside. Watch some iron being poured. Yeah. Yeah, it'll be great. It'll be a good day. Yes. Yeah. So check it out. Iron Porn Forge Fest, April 29th, 12 to 9 p.m. We'll have PABA, which is the Pennsylvania Association of Blacksmiths. Yeah. That one more time. Pennsylvania Blacksmith Association. There we go. Thank you. Um, and yeah, it'll be a good day. Make but a day of it. Make run a whole on all day yeah. of it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Do a little trot, a little jaunt. Forged by heat Ooh. is the theme. Yeah. Yeah. It's hot and popping. Hot and poppin'. That was my nickname in high school. <laughs> well, that leads us to a great yeah. segue. Does it? Speaking of hot and poppin', we've got 
our very own, one of our very own. She's a maker. Oh, that's to say. She's a maker of ceramics. We're looking at them right now. For Oh, I love the ASMR of it all. I would lick my finger and do the ring thing, but that's gross. I'm not doing that. It's Bree Scheimer. Bree, you made it! You made it! Hi. <laughs> Welcome, Bree. Hi. Bree, tell us a little about yourself. Oh, gosh. Cliff Notes. Cliff Notes. Um, Give us a Scheimer primer. Oh, I like that. The uh, puns. Um, well, I'm Bree Scheimer. Um, I've been the studio coordinator of ceramics since November 28th, 2022. Ooh, she knows the higher date. <laughs> I know that anniversary date. Um, so fresh, fresh to Goggle Works. Um, I moved to Reading for the job, originally from New Jersey, but not that far. No. But about like an hour and a half away. So yeah, I don't know. There's a lot. I don't. I don't know. I make clay, or I make things with clay. Oh, I have argue made you do clay. Both. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I make the clay, then I make things with the clay, and then I fire it. Yeah. So I don't know. Had <laughs> you before you got the job here at Gogglewerks? Had you been to Reading before? Yeah, okay. only once though. Um, what, I think for, I told Nat this. Hey. I have a little Gogglewerks connection. <gasps> so oh. my first uh, exhibition outside of undergrad was the Cup Show here back in 2016. What? So it was like my first juried show that I applied to. I got all three cups in and I was like so proud of myself. So I like drove on down here and like went to Gogglewerks to drop the stuff off in person. And my dad came with me. And <laughs> it was back when the store was in the launch box. Yeah. And like it was very different. And I remember we like came in through not the parking area. The Washington okay. Street Washington side. Washington yeah. Oh, so wow. we came in and we just kind of looked around. And then I remember knowing that there was a ceramics area, but like since I didn't come from the back end, I couldn't find it and I was too shy to ask like where things were. So I never saw the ceramics department. But and <laughs> wow. like I was like, oh whatever. <laughs> oh my gosh. And then I hadn't come back ever since. <laughs> I think that wow. was the first year we ever did the cup show. Yeah, it was the first annual. Mm-hmm. I know. I just think that's so cool because so many people <laughs> like this makes me think of the Alfred University to Goggle Works mm-hmm. pipeline also. So Bree is a graduate. You did your undergrad right at Alfred. Mm-hmm. But a lot of other people who have worked here or do work here also have this association. And obviously, you know, well, not obviously, Alfred is an arts based school, right? And so mm-hmm. um, it makes sense, but it's also so specific. And I feel like a lot of people here have like a one touch point with Goggle Works. Like what not you know not when they're not seeking employment here like yeah. it's just like in their personal lives and then it just like snowballs into this thing where like you end up like on the payroll like I don't know like <laughs> it's just like such a weird thing and yeah. I mean you're not from here like some of us are from here and that you know yeah. it's one degree closer but it's interesting and I feel like we've chatted about that a lot on here too but yeah. I love that I think it's fun. So when did you first get into ceramics? My mom really liked ceramics. Like, she took elective class in, like, her college area. She was an accounting major, but she took an elective. And so she really liked it. So the minute I was like, I kind of want to take pottery class, she was like, sign you up. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So in fifth grade, I was taking an art class outside of school with a friend. Like, we were doing a watercolor class, and it was at, like, some quaint studio in New Jersey. And they had a pottery studio. And during that class, I was like, Mom, I want to take a ceramics class. So then she signed me up for that. And that was like in fifth grade. Um, And then from there on out, I just kind of signed up for clay classes here and there um, outside of school because they didn't have clay in elementary school or middle school. Um, 
So here and there. And then in high school, I took a lot of clay classes because they had like enough classes to support it. And they had like kilns and wheels and stuff. And then my high school art teacher went to Alfred. So she kind of like pipelined me in clay. And like the minute I had the interest, she was like, oh, let's do like an independent study and show you all these things. And then she wrote me like the letter to go to Alfred. And I didn't intend on going to Alfred specifically for ceramics. It just was a really good program. And it was only like four hours away from home. So it was like enough of a distance, but like still on my own. And then that's where it kind of like, that's when I started really like seriously being in clay. Does that make sense? Yeah. 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 Whoa, that's so cool. You got into it in elementary school. Yeah. (laughs) What is it about clay as a medium? Um, I think I like the problem solving of it. Mm. Um, It's really like a lot of people can do clay and it's very approachable. So I think a lot of people try it. But then like the challenge of actually making something that you can think of, you know, like you can have... You can do the wheel and you can make something, but to actually like articulate it to the like craftsmanship that you want, it mm. takes a lot of time and like muscle memory and like coordination. So like over time, I think I like that dedication to something. It's a little insane, like doing the same thing over and over again and trying to get a different result. But eventually like you do get better and better. So I think like that's like what got me into it. And then like the added bonus of like the chemistry and like the firings, probably like what has fueled me over the years so like figuring out glazes and fitting things and like getting things to be controlled in something that's very uncontrollable in the kiln like you know you can do so much and like I can make the object and then I fire it and then I glaze it and like in the end like every time I give it to the kiln like I don't have control over what happens in there so like that kind of balance between the two is probably like what kept me in it yeah uh-huh. Do you have an interest in chemistry and like science? Was that something no. that was a strong suit for you? <laughs> Interesting. No. I feel like that's like a lot of, I, I didn't realize this until I worked here really is like science and math are so ingrained in the arts, oh, yeah. especially in mediums like ceramics and hot glass, which we have both of here. And, or I mean, really anything, but I just, those are the two that I think of just because there's so much um, external energy that is put into an object. But um yeah, you really have to be well, not. You don't have to be able to think about something like that, but it does benefit you, you know, to have that awareness, mm-hmm. or just to know that you know, like you're saying, like ex, you know, things outside of your control are occurring. Yeah, that's like half of, you know, the battle of making something. Yeah, you know. Yeah. But we should start teaching chemistry one hundred and one here. Oh. I think applied chemistry through <laughs> ceramics. Yeah. <laughs> it's called glaze techniques. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's really hard to like teach yeah. that. Like even like in my undergrad and grad school, I took classes like that. But like it takes a lot of just like testing and trial and right. error. So like managing that on the ceramics studio manager side, like that would be kind of a bitch. Um, <laughs> but also like the materials are really expensive. Yeah. So it's like, you know, you want to be like thoughtful and like sure. resourceful. Yeah. But it is like it's cool to like make something new and like be able to like change what people think that can be. Like I added some two new glazes into the studio and everyone was like, Whoa, we can get purple. I'm like, Yeah, it's not that hard, guys. <laughs> <laughs> like like just expanding like their knowledge of it is like nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah. I love the way you put it, like giving the work to the kiln mm-hmm. like it's it's an, another entity or it's like I, I don't know I never thought of that that way before but I do know that like 
at that point, it's it's kind of out of your hands. And you mm-hmm. have students sometimes where like it goes in the kiln and it unfortunately does not, well, it comes back out, but just not the way it went in. <laughs> um, and that that yeah. is part of the process, you know, like, and I am far too neurotic and pedantic and want things just so that like, I don't know how you do what you do because that to me is like so full of variables. And have you ever lost a piece that you were just like, but like one that you knew, I I don't, I don't know. That, hmm. That's a weird way to put a question, but like uh, it, it has to be hard where you're like so invested in a project and yeah. you give so much of your time and energy to it and then it doesn't come out of the kiln. I think I've like desensitized myself to a certain point. That's probably helpful. <laughs> yeah. So like kind of going back to your comment about giving something to the kiln, my first kind of experience of really firing my own kilns was more atmospheric firing and like wood firing and soda uh, kilns, which has an automatic 50% loss in my experience. Like wow. you put a whole kiln load of stuff in, like I would be happy if I got 50% of it back. And that's just like... Because of the kiln, like, it's just sometimes things move, things, you know, don't get hit with the atmosphere as much, like wood firing, there's just a lot of loss. I wouldn't, like, quote me on it, don't say, like, everything's 50% loss, but, like, According to Bree Scheimer (laughs) on March 27th. (laughs) But um, it's just something that I've kind of expected. So if I'm going to make a bunch of mugs, I'll make, like, twice as many and hope that I get them. And if I get over that 50, I'm like, oh, cool, that's great. But, like, a lot of times it doesn't come out the way you want. Yeah. But kind of going on to that preciousness, I think over the years, I've just gotten ingrained with myself that like it's not really precious until it's fired and finished. Mm. So like I go through a lot of editing phases where I make, like I'll make stuff pre-bisque, which is the first firing in ceramics. And like I'll sometimes just like not fire it because it's just not up to my standard. And then when it comes out of the bisque, I'll like glaze it. And then when it comes out of the kiln, like I still like edit down and sometimes I just don't keep it because of like glaze flaws. Mm. Um, But yeah, I think I just, that descent, like it's not valuable until the end, but like it's hard to tell a beginner that. Yeah. (laughs) Because they'll take a class and they're like, but this is what I made. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I get it. You can keep it. But like- yeah. It's kind of a nice paperweight. Yeah. <laughs> like it's just very heavy or like they just, you know, they want to keep it because it's their first thing. So right. you want to like encourage them because then they can come back and make. But it's also hard when you like fire the gas kiln when you have to put so much in and there's so many pr- variables to get it to be what they want it to be. Like we have a copper glaze and if it doesn't come out the way they want, well, it's like not every spot in the kiln is going to get sure. you that reaction. And I did you know, it's like... Sometimes it's just not. But, like, I think accepting things the way they are is something I just want to encourage in the studio. Like, maybe it didn't come out perfect, but it came out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> like, you still get to keep it. Yeah. 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 I have an off-topic question, kind oh. of. But are you a minimalist? I don't know. I feel like some of the things <laughs> you were saying just now were very much like Marie Kondo, like oh. let go, it doesn't serve you kind of. But have you heard? I know, she's flipped She's the messy now. <gasps> Marie Kondo <laughs> embraces no. the mess. I am going to say something really controversial yet brave. We love that. I think that you can be messy and still be a minimalist. Okay. <laughs> I'm just going to let that live. Anyway. <laughs> I, yeah, I like that. <laughs> Yeah. I don't know if I'm a minimalist, but like um, I was thinking about this, just like reflecting. I do have like a lot of issues around like 
mass production and like making a lot of things and like I'm very conscious of the fact that I make a lot of things and then I'm just adding to this like material world that we mm -hmm. live in and I feel very guilty about that mm -hmm. especially in like climate change and environmental standpoints because like being in clay you're just so aware of like where things are coming from where are these raw materials source like a lot of the things in clay we wouldn't have unless they were used at a mass production mm -hmm. like talc we can't get talc in the ceramics community anymore because like they're no longer using it in makeup, which is good, but like that one component is in like sure. a lot of glazes. Oh. So it's like, I think I think a lot about that, but then like also like I'm a maker, so I make a lot of objects and you gotta make a lot of objects to make good objects. So then like this internal like conflict of like what to keep and what to like. Sure. Because once you make it, it's it's clay. It's right. gonna be a little, around a lot longer than any of us. So yeah. I do think about that a lot. I am a little messy though, so I'm not super <laughs> like minimalist. <laughs> it can yeah. be both. I yeah. think so. I like it. I though. would say so. <laughs> we were saying about yeah, letting things go, um, not holding on to things. I like to hoard stuff. Um, so like, <laughs> I mean, not like to the fact where I would diagnose myself as a hoarder, a but like, a I am that person where mm -hmm. I have a box full of just things I made for my first couple ceramics classes here. One of them looks like a character from Mario with mm. that long snout that is a circular cylindrical thing. Um, I don't know the name of it. A nose. Someone please let us know. Drop it in the comments. We don't know. We don't know. Birdo, perhaps? Oh, I don't know. I think I know what you're talking about. A little pink girly with the yeah, mouth? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, what am I going to do with that? Don't know, but I can't get rid of it because I made it and I feel <laughs> strongly about it. But it's also this thing where you have to learn in order to get better and to progress and to make the things up the standard that you want. Right. You have to let those things go so that they're not, you know, like mm. clouding your process, maybe. I don't know. You could do some burn therapy or just burn everything. Well, see, now it's already been burned by the kiln. <laughs> yeah. So, so you smash it would, it. I'll just throw it Breaking out off my fire escape and see what happens. It's so funny because you mentioned that, like, the, you, these pieces that you're making are going to be around a lot longer than we are. Mm -hmm. And I, like, almost never look at glass or ceramic and think about longevity. Mm -hmm. And that's probably because the number of times that I break my favorite mug while washing it in the sink and then I'm like, well, there goes that one. <laughs> but like that, I, I guess I never really think about, I mean, it, it's a material that is like actually quite sturdy and, and strong um, and has literally been uh, forged by fire in a different way than iron. And earth. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and it, it's kind of neat to shift my thinking into like the longevity of those pieces and that they, as long as you don't drop them, you know, they're going to yeah. be around for a really long time. Well, even when you yeah. do drop them. Right. Archaeologists find shards of things all the time. And you, you would be surprised at the difference mm -hmm. that that makes scientifically and historically. Yeah. Like a shard of a pot is a game changer when it comes to, you know. Strativity, I can't say the word. Stratification? Yes, thank you. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. Nice. All that stuff. Nice. Dating and whatnot. It's my Westchester University anthropology degree, everyone. Anthropology, <laughs> shout out. She's the, still holding that diploma. <laughs> She's still cradling it. If you know, you know. <laughs> so it's been said that there's a, a therapy and a meditative quality to working with clay. Mm. Do you find that when you work with clay yourself? Um, if you had the studio by yourself, yeah, <laughs> you were not, if you were just all alone, <laughs> not in the not chaos of building yeah. 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 the 
not my, working, working. My <laughs> most recent couple months in the studio, probably not. Because um, being the studio manager, it's just like, break, 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 break. Um, but when I do have my own studio, yes, I would say it's like very like reflective. And I, um, how do I word it? It's nice to just do something for yourself. Mm. Um, so I, I do find that like right now I'm a little struggling with not having like my own little studio space and figuring that out. Um, Cause it is hard to work in a community studio when there's like so many variables going on, even if you're not the studio manager, like there's just a lot people talking, people want to focus, people want to listen to music, people don't have headphones. It's just, you know, a lot going on. So it does a lot of the renters come in and they're always like, oh, I'm so happy I'm at the studio. And I'm like, man, I've been stuck in this box for eight hours. <laughs> like right. you're excited to be here, but I'm like, it's 530, I can leave. Yeah. <laughs> so it is funny, like I used to think of it that way. And in grad school, I was just like submerged in it. I just like woke up, went to the studio, was there for like 12, 14, 15 hours a day and just like leave. So like it, I get the like appeal and that would be like going into the main studio and hanging out with people while also having my you know, in studio and having grads and peers around. Um, so it ebbs and flows. So it's definitely therapeutic in the sense that, like, it's grounding. You can't be touching your phone all the time. Like, you have to put your phone away. You're actually, like, present in what you're doing. You're, you know, looking at something and not, it's not immediate gratification. Like, you know, swiping on your phone is or watching 30 seconds of a video. Um, so it's something that I like to bring into, like, teaching. When I teach, like, even just a one day, I'm like, we're just shutting off the world and you're going to focus on this and you might make something, you might not make something, but like, it's about the experience. Um, Process, yeah. not product. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I mean, it's so visceral, right? Oh, like yeah. you feel the, <laughs> the wetness, you feel the clay, you know, mm -hmm. like the coldness or mm -hmm. yeah, definitely plugs you in. You and feel frustration way. when yes. your pot flops over because <laughs> you pulled the wall too thin. Can you tell relate. I'm speaking from experience? Oh, I can. I can. Yeah. <laughs> How often do you use the things you make? Like, are you so sick of seeing these things that you're like, I don't want them in my house? Or is it like, I want to use all of the stuff that I've ever made and never buy anything ever again? Oh, I mean, I buy a lot of ceramics. I feel like the ceramics community is very like incestual. Sure. But like, so you're <laughs> buying from other potters though. Like yeah. you're not. Yeah. But like, so it's like, same with Scott. I'm mean, like, you know. He's, you know, good for glassware forever and ever and ever. But <laughs> I'll like keep once in a while. I'll keep one because I want to like use it to make sure I'm like making something functionally. Mm. That's good. Um, I think I have, I have like a handful of things that I made. And I've just decided to keep. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. I was deep diving on your website for this some research and I saw you had this piece of of ceramics, pottery, um, but all the little like cups and then they hung off of the, mm. the mm -hmm. central piece. Mm -hmm. That was so cool. The punch bowl set. Do you still have that? Uh-huh. I don't know. Um, was it beige? Was it like tan? Yeah. I think there was two. Kind of one of them. Color? It was a little uh, bit tealy. It that's looked. more yeah. like sagey. A say. little. Yeah, I have two. I've I made like two punch bowl sets. One of them broke coming back from an exhibition, and then the other one. <gasps> yeah, yeah that got a photo real. of it for everyone listening. I don't have that one anymore, but I have a different one that I kept. I don't know if it's on my website. I've been very bad. When you said you were doing research on me, I was like, I have not updated that since like 2022. <laughs> I just love how everything like it's goes back <laughs> together on it. 
It's just displayed. It's very cool. Yeah. Kept together. Yeah. Yeah. And I thought that I they were hanging stacking. at first, but they're just resting. Mm-hmm. Okay. Is yeah. there a different one where they were hanging? Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm. There was like one that I like made a skirt kind of bowl and I put the hooks underneath the skirt and yes. hung them. So that was the one I had in my thesis show. That, so the hooks yeah. are also made of ceramic? Mm-hmm. Whoa. Like the bowl itself has little hooks. Yeah. And it sits, it's two parts. Like there's a big bowl and then there's like a stand for it. So that can come apart. So you yeah. can, yeah. But it's like a statement piece. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How long would something like that take you? <laughs> <laughs> um, like right now, when I don't have a dedicated studio space, a while, just because it was like a lot of timing and setting sure. up. Like um, when I make the forms with skirts, they're two parts. So I throw the bowl initially, and then I have to throw a skirt on the wheel and put it in it. And so it's a lot of like flipping upside down and timing and um, drying and sure. waiting on it. Um, probably like a week, maybe. Wow. wow. I don't know. Yeah. Depends. For our listeners who are part of the ceramics community, I mean for everybody, but like are there specific potters who really inspire you or you look to as sources of inspiration? Mm-hmm. Um. I mean, I have like my mentors that I really love. Okay. Um, at in Alfred, I worked with someone, Linda Sakura, who uh, is very much a functional potter and like demands a lot of functionality in her work and speaks very highly of it. So I think I really enjoyed that. Um, and then I also really love this one artist, Allegheny Meadows, who Ooh. deals with um, repetition and stacking in his work. Uh, so I see a lot of like, I enjoy his work and obviously it kind of comes through in my work. Um, and then there's just like, I've met a lot of people over the years that I really enjoyed my mentor in grad school. I really liked Brooks Oliver. He's a diva. <laughs> All these I love people him have so great much. names too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, he's really cool. Uh, that was one of the reasons why I went to grad school was to like work with him. Yeah. Um, and where did you go to grad school? University of North Texas in Denton. Howdy, y'all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think kind of circling back to your conversation about keeping things, I've moved a lot. So mm. when you move, yeah. you declutter and you keep what you really enjoy. So like, yeah. Yeah. No, that's a good point. You came to us by way of California. I'm curious if there's any <laughs> like processes that are different or trends that are different, mm. like West Coast, East Coast and the ceramics world. Um, well, the internet's kind of killed it all because, mm. like, you can just see everything. Sure. Um, yeah. So I feel like just social media in general has just, like, opened knowledge. There was a time where, like, the only ceramics you would know is, like, through Ceramics Monthly, which is, like, a magazine. So if you were, like, on the cover of Ceramics Monthly, it meant something. Sure. I mean, it still does. But, like, nowadays it's, like, you can see what everyone's up to pretty yeah. regularly if they're posting. Um so I think there is a lot of influence right now. I was thinking about this recently um, with like me trying to bring in some new things in the studio and like probably like the 90s and back, there was like a big, I don't, again, I'm making it feel like I'm making lofty like statements, but like heavy uh, iron-based glazes were really popular, reducing your work, like uh, wood fire, kind of like process heavy um 
firings were really popular and that brings a lot of community. But then like in the early 2000s, again, don't know if this is appropriate, like timeline wise. Quote Brie. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I feel bad, but like mason stains and like colorful ceramic material really like changed how people are working. So now everyone wants like bright and color and pop. That's cool. Um, So like Amico velvet underglazes. I'm not commissioned by them. (laughs) I'm not affiliated with them. But like mason stains are like these chemically component like color raw materials that you can add into things. So now ceramics is really colorful and ceramics is surface heavy and like decorative and like putting all this energy in that while it doesn't really, you know, they can just like make forms and decorate. So that's kind of the trend that's overall arching, I think, Um, which I kind of struggle with because I'm not a decorator. I don't Mm. like doing the little fine details. It really bothers me to sit there and do that. So I'd rather like put energy in the glazes and make the glazes interesting and like make a form that reacts with the glaze. And so maybe I missed that bandwagon, but I can't get on it. I can't do the under glazes. <laughs> <laughs> I do miss the West Coast vibes. I don't yeah. know. Just like. It's very different, yeah. I would imagine. Very. I was only there for like five months, but man, I didn't leave because of the location. East Coasters <laughs> are something else. Yes. Yeah. yeah. There's a lot of stress on the East Coast. I Yes, and I kind of missed it living out West. <laughs> like there was something really? about this just like everybody's really happy and calm and patient all the time. And I was like, where is your sense of urgency? <laughs> Let's move people. Except that there's a fire, man. There's urgency around that. Well, sure, yeah. (laughs) I'm curious in your world, like you mentioned functional pottery. Mm -hmm. In your world, what is the opposite of that? Like what is, when it's not functional, what is it? Sculptural. Sculptural. Okay. (laughs) Decorative? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I feel like decorative and functional is also the the same. same. Yeah, that's what I was going to say is like you can decorate a functional piece and that's like a different mm. step or an added step in the process, but it doesn't necessarily imply the inverse. I mean, everything's kind of functional. Everything has a function, even if it's a sculpture. Even if it's just there to sit. I mean, <laughs> but uh, because it's I have n- literally mm. no idea. Um, if you make functional pottery and it uses the exact same amount of clay and glaze that a sculpture would, you can price the sculpture for like, it can be worth, quote unquote, mm. a lot more than the functional piece, right? Even though the materials that went into it are the exact same. Is that true? I mean, pricing is just a whole different game. Yeah, I don't understand <laughs> it. That's what yeah. I guess what I'm trying to get at is I don't understand how art in any medium is priced typically, but mm-hmm. specifically in pottery, I'm like, Wait, that piece costs how much money? Um, teenth podcast, how to price art. How to price art. A oh, goggle works. You should be yeah. one. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's hard. I, I mean, I've always kind of like struggled with it personally, but then also like people always ask me how to price work. Like when we were in grad school, like we used to have sales and people would be like, how much should I price it? And everyone has an opinion because it's always kind of personal. It's yeah. like, how much are you spending on the material? How much are you demanding of yourself to make that fog? object. Um, I think the problem with functional ceramics and handmade objects is we're competing with the fact that ceramics is everywhere and also invisible. Like you can go to Ikea and get this mug for like a dollar, right? but like it's mass produced. So you kind of have to remember that. Like when I was, t- I was teaching the mug class the other day and we were talking about just like putting effort 
in these objects. And I was like, guys, going rate for a handmade pot is like $95 now. Like, that's just like the bare minimum. I felt weird kind of upping my prices to 85 But like when I thought about it, I was like, the amount of time I spent firing that kiln, the amount of time I spent glazing, not even physically glazing, but like coming up with the glazes and the research of that. And then like also just rising costs of materials. Like things are just expensive now. Sourcing them are harder, you know, make the supply chain, that whole like supply chain issue. Well, and then there's still an industry standard, like you're saying too. Yeah. You know, I feel like that's something that gets... um, lost sort of in the conversation sometimes is like art is a business and Mm -hmm. you have to stay up to date with those different you know ebbs and flows of business as an artist which I think sometimes can get lost like I said in Mm -hmm. that kind of I don't know what they teach in art school maybe that that is a factor but yeah I don't know I don't know. I find that art schools just don't talk about business as much as they should, which is like really a crime. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I feel like there should just be like a requirement as a fine art major to take a business class. And even if it's just like marketing or just like finance one-on-one or 101, because like I have no idea how to do any of that. And I think that's why I've kind of geared towards having a technician position or a manager position because it's like my main source of income is not my pots. Like I didn't go into pottery being like, I'm going to be a potter. Like, right. <laughs> I'm going to make a million dollars. Yeah. Like this. no yeah. one went into ceramics thinking they're going to make a million. And even the people who do price their work rather high, like they're spending so much time making the objects that they're not making dozens and dozens and dozens when they do a restock, right. you know? So yeah. it kind of varies. It also depends on location. Like, I know if I started raising my prices to be a hundred dollars a cup, I'm not selling to local Reading people because mm. like everyone mm. was in awe <laughs> during that class when I mentioned like eighty five. I was like, okay, cool. I won't tell you like how much I spend on my functional pottery collection. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. I've dropped some bank. Yeah. Like you know, just over the years, like yeah. collecting things here and there. So it's it's d- demographic, yeah. it's location, audience, um, supply. You know. Yeah, I always think about that like it's kind of a bargain <laughs> here. Like yeah. when, you know, you think about the prices to get your stuff fired. Yeah. Like I was talking to someone who's helping me out in the studio making molds for the store products. And we were talking about our education and how we were taught how expensive everything was. And then you come into these community environments and like people have no knowledge of how much cobalt is. They have no knowledge of how much it takes to run the kiln or how much maintenance and things. So it's just like, I'm burdened with that knowledge. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Outside of clay, what fills your cup? And it can be a cup that you made. but Um, I like to go hiking. Okay. So that's one thing I want to figure out around here is like places to hike. But it's been kind of cold, so I haven't really done it. But, uh, we'll go to Noldy together. Okay. Yeah, it's lovely. Yeah. It's okay. really great. There's some good yeah. spots around here. I mean, and then there's yeah, County. lots of spots. Yeah, 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 I mean, Pennsylvania in general yeah. Yeah, has, great. like, more than you think. And She's just for reference, you said you grew up in Phillipsburg? Yeah. And that's, like, right over the state line from Pennsylvania yeah. and Easton. Uh-huh. Yeah, just for the listeners at home yeah. who don't know. PA geography. Contextualization. Yeah. Hey. I used to just say I was from New Jersey because I didn't feel like... When, like, I was in upstate New York, I'd be like, oh, I'm just from New Jersey, the whole state. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I feel like that's a dangerous game to play because the battle between, like, North and South Jersey oh. is crazy. Girl. Yeah. So hiking. The beach. I like going to the beach. Yeah, which is your favorite shore? 
Um, my mom grew up on Long Beach Island. Okay. So she has a lot of ties there. Yeah. And like um, my parents bought a house there back in like the 2000s. Ooh la la. Mm-hmm. I know. I'm a good friend to have. <laughs> <laughs> From Native Fall. Um, but do you say down the shore? It's I think okay so. if you do. I think I do, unfortunately, because like it was kind of going down because Long Beach Island's on the further end. Just what happened to the preposition is my question. I don't know. Down Where, the shore. Down the shore. I think I just always say go to the beach or go to, I don't know. I, can, I never called it the shore growing okay, up because okay. it was Long Beach Island. Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. going to the beach. We're going to the beach. Going to the beach. Do you stand online? What? Do you stand <laughs> online or do you stand in line? In line. Okay, thank you. <laughs> this is a grammar podcast now. Listen, I'm a huge fan of a colloquialism. I know mm. you are. Yeah. I've been saying that about you for years. <laughs> <laughs> How dare you? kidding but it's fun i like i mean i don't i never said going down the shore either growing up but now that it's like in like the public consciousness i'm like i'm gonna start saying that like ironically almost <laughs> yeah. a little tongue-in-cheek yeah is your mom so happy you're in ceramics for your career oh probably <laughs> <laughs> i should ask her <laughs> they've been out to visit oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. they <laughs> They came out a few times and my dad really wants to take a picture of the pagoda with the moon. So yeah. he's like waiting for a trip. And I'm like, I got a restaurant for us to go to. <laughs> nice. But um, they're very happy that I'm nearby because like I said, it's been a while. And living in Texas during COVID too, like they hated the fact that I was so far away. And I was like, oopsies, didn't know a global pandemic was going to break out when no, I yeah. moved all the way to Texas. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> so What can you but- do? They don't want to like stay in New Jersey. So I told them, I was like, if I come back, we got to all pick a place to go together. Because right. like, we're not playing this game anymore. Aww. So wait, I'm going on the timing. You were in grad school already and then COVID hit? Yeah. So I started oh, grad God. school fall of 2019. Oh. So I had one semester and then March of 2020 is when it broke out. Oh, gosh. Yeah. What a time to be alive. <laughs> I distinctly remember like that week too. Like it was like, it, I mean, everyone, I think everyone has yeah. it ingrained, yeah. but I just remember like everyone was like taking their stuff home and I had a one bedroom apartment. So I was like, I can't take anything home. And yeah. so I just like sat, I took a lot of walks. I got into natural dyeing, like dyeing flowers and pressing flowers and stuff. But it was a Time to be alive. A lot of hammock time. Yeah. <laughs> I bought a hammock. Yeah. Sure did. Sure did. You're like, oh, we'll do this for like four hours. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Interesting. Well, now that you're saying about kind of like other art forms, do you do anything other than ceramics? Like, is there any other, or has it just been clay the whole time? Oh, no. Uh, my grandmother was very artistic. God rest her soul. <laughs> but she was a watercolorist mm. in her like, when she was 80, she decided to do it. Um, so she had a lot of materials. So I used to draw a lot. Um, all of my high school portfolio, I would say, was like 2D. Um, and then, I mean, I think there's a lot of overlap of needing to like think visually. So like even during COVID and being in grad school and not having access to ceramics, I had to like think about like, oh, I'm just, I'm a visual artist at my core, whether it's clay, whether it's, mm-hmm. you know, glass or screen printing. I don't know. Like, it's just like your voice and your mark making is what I really got heavily into. So like my first year grad review, like had barely any ceramics because I spent like the last chunk, you know, like I had 
no access to ceramics sure. at, yeah. so, at one point. So I had a lot of like dyed paper and like stitch work. And like, it was a lot of the conversation around like your hand and the marks you make. Mm. And like, I think that relays a lot into clay. So a lot of like my process and thesis talked about that. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. I should probably make some art since I'm not making <laughs> <laughs> making in clay as much, but I'm homemaking right now, you know, well, that's decorating. Yeah. It's interesting because <laughs> I fun. feel like some of these mediums we have here, you can't take them home. Mm-hmm. You, they're not mobile um, unless you have a furnace that goes on the road <laughs> like we do. But um, you can't put that in your backyard. But no. um, yeah. it's interesting because even the other day I was thinking, oh, I'll just take a chunk of clay home with me and I'll hand build some stuff while I'm, you know, sitting on yeah. the couch. And I was like, I can't. <laughs> I you know, like I'm reliant on this mm-hmm. resource that we have here. And that's not to say just from a community aspect, but also the steps you would have to take unless you have a home studio or something yeah. to just casually like do ceramics from like your living room floor. It just wouldn't work. Yeah. Um, Get that bucket well, of water. Yeah, like I'm doing it in the tub. I'm just like, <laughs> instead of a toilet, it's like a, a wheel. And like, oh, that's just my bathroom is my studio now. Maybe. Hey, Clog landlord. Pipes. <laughs> Georgie's like, what? Yeah, right. <laughs> I don't know. Should we all just do ceramics out of my tub now? Yeah. Yeah. Cool. After I think this, that's the yeah. new spot. Great. Yeah. Like, all right. I'll see you later. Fall right, classes. Cool. Yeah, yeah, Great. Yeah. 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 Cool. We'll make it work. Kit, kittens and clay over at Natalie's <gasps> oh, house. Yeah. Georgie. Georgie. Oh, can't even imagine what would happen if she got into some clay. Oh, a little paw. It, it would be a mess. mess. If it was the red clay, oh, she'd be stained. She would be stained. She's a white kitty. <laughs> <laughs> be cute though, her little paw prints. Little beans, yeah. little toe beans. You could have her walk over a plate. Oh, her little beans. <laughs> oh, All of your faces. <gasps> uh, it, talk about cats and I'm done. <laughs> um, well, and I think you just said something of like, you know, it hasn't really been that long since you've been here, you mm-hmm. know, and so like homemaking and like, you know, creating this new life for yourself, that is an art in and of itself. And you're making that right now and yeah. making this new um, chapter. And I think that you are giving it attention and letting it breathe is really good that you're not like putting all this pressure on yourself to discover everything about Reading and Berks County and, <laughs> you know, go to all of the places and do all of the things, but yeah. you're just kind of like being with yourself and, Whew, talk about like enjoying, loving being a homebody. It's hard. And, oh, the older we get, the more you're just like, I have to go where, when? No, thank you. Like, so I'm I like think, I have work in the morning. Yeah, exactly. No, but I think that's yeah. really special and good, and that you're just like giving it time. And then like your hand and the marks you make. Like I think, you know, I haven't been here in the grand scheme of thing all that long, but. I, You've definitely made marks here already, just in terms of the community building and your energy and your positivity and humor. Make me blush. (laughs) That's my job is to make people blush. I like it. Yeah. Um, (laughs) You made me blush. Uh, But we're really glad you're here. Oh, thank you. If I can speak on behalf of everyone. Oh, yeah. Which I will. I feel like our similarity, like me and Brie are both Tauruses. (laughs) It shows. (laughs) (laughs) Like most days I feel like we're wearing the same color scheme. (laughs) You know, she's got her blemstones on. I love to wear my blood. I'm not wearing them right now. I do have my Burks though. My my knockoff Burks. I was looking at a pair of buying those because I need a second pair. Marshalls. (laughs) Oh, Oh, yeah. They're not the real ones, but that's okay. You guys, are we, are we late? For, for what? Did you do your RCP? For what? <gasps> for the dinner party. Oh, oh my God. Brie, did you make the plates? No. Oh. Well, 
That's okay. Ikea, we got some. Yeah. <laughs> Cordially invited to extra special dinner party. Emily, take it away. You are in a dinner party. <laughs> you're invited no, to a dinner party. You're invited to a dinner party. Mm-hmm. You walk in the door, around the table, handmade plates by you. Mm-hmm. Someone is sitting there saying, you made it. Who is this person? We want a celebrity. Hopefully a famous yeah, person. Yeah, someone that everybody <laughs> recognizes. They can be living, maybe deceased, but someone that oh you really want the opportunity to sit down over your stoneware. Have a conversation, but they're excited to see you. This is really hard. I feel like I wanted to prep for this. (laughs) (laughs) I'm really bad because I'm not like a celebrity person. Like, well, I I mean, celebrity maybe is not the the right word, Mm. but like historical figure, someone that, yeah, like a you know hero or role model or. I mean, like a yeah, like a mentor from undergrad, probably. Okay, like maybe my. You know what, actually? Tell us. <laughs> it's not really a celebrity, but, like, the first ceramic teacher I had in high school, like, I remember he was, like, kind of giving shit to people because um, they, like, didn't do the assignment, and I was sitting there with my assignment, and he was like, it's not like any of you guys are going to go to Alfred and, like, do ceramics. I mean, and like through clay. Yeah, like he, he had like an idiot bell. Like he was just one of those, like, old oh. school, like, shitty teachers. Wow. And, like, I would love to, like, sit down and be like... I pots. made it. I made it. <laughs> yeah. I did it. I went to Alfred. I did the degree. I now make pots. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. And maybe that's not a celebrity, but that's okay. Where can people find you? Yes. Ooh. Oh, I have an Instagram at Brianna Scheimer Ceramics. How do you spell Brianna? Just since oh, B R I A N N A S H I M E R Ceramics. Fantastic. <laughs> Two N's in there. Yeah. Two I have a cousin who spells it with one. So. Yeah. Yeah. And how about your home address? <laughs> oh, that is <laughs> No, but really the beach house, we Well, my apartment complex also has a little rooftop deck. I'm sorry, oh. what? <laughs> <laughs> so we can also just go have drinks on Boardy. the rooftop deck. <laughs> Be over later. Yeah. Yeah. Uh Bree, thank you so much for joining us. Today. Thanks for having me. Thanks for being here at Goggleworks. Again, not to to sound glib, but like we're really happy you're here. We think you're, you're a pretty great rad. Addition. You know, thank my mom. She's the one who sent me the job application. <laughs> okay. she my also mom made sent me you. my job application. She also Literally, made me. So. You know, she's, it's all about my mom. Clearly. Thanks, Breeze Your mom, mom also sent you? Mm-hmm. It's because we're Taurus. Yep. <laughs> what thank sign you. is your mom? She's a Pisces. Oh, my mom's an Aquarius. Mom's oh. a Pisces. The Parental Zodiac podcast? <laughs> <laughs> we don't want to know, know your Zodiac <laughs> sign. We don't want to know your parents. This says a lot about you. <laughs> it might. It would, yeah. Well, Brie, we will see you around. Thanks for coming around. Thanks for coming by. Thanks for stopping in. Thanks for dropping by. And Brie, are you going to be at the planter sale? Of course. Planet sale will be held in the Goggleworks Garden. It's going to be a lovely day, May 6th. Lots of artists from Goggleworks. Yeah. What can folks who've never been there before expect? Lots of pots. Yeah, lots of planters. And then Tiana is going to be there and plant with plants. So Tiana, ha- our garden manager. Mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm. So what will happen is, is like when you buy a plant, I believe, you will get it planted with a plant. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. One-stop shop, y'all. One-stop shop. Support I know we will have work in that. Yeah. That sale. We have like 14 artists right now. Amazing. I might have work in that sale for the first time ever in my entire life. Oh my I God. believe Nat committed to two. I did. So commi- she's going to make at exactly. least four. 
Fifty percent. Because the kiln giveth and the kiln taketh away. It does. Yes. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Great. Thanks. Well, thanks. If you want to meet Brie in person, come to the planner sale and mm-hmm. see all of the wonderful work she's doing. Yeah. And, and thank you. Thanks for being here. <gasps> uh, and we're, we're out. In a while. And we're out. <laughs> that was it. That was it. Hey, listener. Thanks so much for tuning in and hanging out with us today. We are so glad that you could make it. Catch us next time on Spotify and now Apple Podcasts. Like, follow, and leave a comment if you like what you hear. And if you want to chat with us, send us an email at youmadeit@gogworks.org or find us on Instagram at Gogworks. Huge thanks to Jay at Pagoda City, Gogworks, and all you people out there making stuff. Keep doing your thing, and we'll see you next time. <laughs>